How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Mad Made Monsters, a show all about scary, true encounters involving other people. Once again, it's your host, Eric, here tonight, and it's a pleasure, as always. Tonight's episode is a very special one. I recently went to see some family, and I got to talking, so you guys are going to be meeting someone that I didn't think I'd ever have on the show, or anything that I do online in general, just because I, I usually keep my family life pretty separate. So this is a pretty in-depth episode. I, I really do hope you guys enjoy it. And if you're interested on in being on the show itself, or just some more information about the show, head over to eeriecast.com where you can find a link to our Discord server so you can be interviewed, future episodes, and much, much more. With all that being said, let's go ahead and get on to the episode. Alright, what's going on guys? It's Eric here again, another episode of Man Made Monsters. I've got a special, special guest today. This is an interesting episode. So I recently came back from, from Granbury, Texas, which is kind of next to Fort Worth, Gran Fort Worth, Dallas, that whole kind of area. So I visited my mom, my family, and all of them. We got to talking. And my mom was so gracious to make an appearance on the show so she's going to be here with us tonight and just telling some of her own stories they're definitely crazy some that i've heard some that i haven't and uh you know as as i was doing this episode or as i was doing this show you know uh, one person came to mind a lot who has some crazy stories and that's my mom so you know i've asked her and she, she's she's here right now i'm gonna let her kind of just you know introduce herself and then you know mommy can kind of just tell any stories and you know where these took place uh you know kind of the how old you were or what year these happened things like that so you kind of know where i come from and everything and where eric's um you know family is from we, we come from the san diego la area so san diego is where i was raised and we're close to the border tijuana okay and so we're like crazy little kids we would like sneak over the border and make our moms think we're like you know, somewhere like in San Diego, but we're really over there, you know, doing crazy stuff, going clubbing, or like underage, and uh, used to date a lot of older people and be around a lot of gangs and um, craziness, okay? So, um, I I was stabbed one time when I was 15, and my mom didn't even know till I was like 17, okay? And, uh, and what happened with that is we... I, I don't know if should I tell the stories like those kind of crazy stories. Yeah, you can tell any oh, story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay, so these dudes owned a limo business. Okay, so we lied and said we were going to a quinceanera, and that's like a fifteen-year-old. And really, these guys took us up to Hollywood and bought us a bunch of wine coolers. We were getting our buzz on. We were cruising the strip, and then we came back, and we were supposed to be back by two a.m. But Nicole and our friend Lisa were like, hey, let's go to um, the beach, you know, at 2 a.m., okay? We end up at this beach, that one beach down by Grandma's, like, going down the hill, Mission Beach, or Mission Bay. And uh, there was a bunch of, like, homeboys, like, around a fire. And, and I went to go pee, and I came back, the limo was gone. And I was like, oh, shit, because I knew our stepdad was, he was, like, mean, you know? He would have freaked out if we didn't get home on time. So I go out there, and those guys are all there, and they had this, like, uh low rider car and I, I was sitting in the back and I was I was kind of being like the dud like we gotta be home you know but Nicole her crazy ass she saw these guys drive up and she goes what's up baby dolls and right when she did it these guys just freaking attacked these guys I mean it was like like a full on like war okay and they just started shooting him stabbing him busting out the windows that I'm in that car and that guy was trying to chase the other dude with a knife and he looked right at me in my eyes and just stabbed me in the side and then uh, stole my wallet and then started punching me in the face. And I was like, maybe my wallet, you know. So we tried to outrun these people and run down the parking lot. And these people gave us a ride home. And I didn't want my mom to know that I got stabbed. So I took duct tape and I hid in the back bathroom while my mom was talking to those people that drove us. And then just, um, you know, and I, I did my wound up like that for days and days. Just imagine trying to... Instead of getting stitches, you know, there's freaking, it was all crusty and gross. And and now to this day, because I'm a fat mama, my um, my, my uh, scar is like, I don't even know where the hell it's at now on my body, you know. But, uh, but back in the day, you know, it's like uh, they would come by and sh they, sh you know, they shot up our house. 
they uh, and my mom didn't even know she's like what is that you know and then you just heard it's like <laughs> you know and you just seen all these like gunshot holes and then they showed up and they spray painted her house but it was all because of my sister she was like a wannabe gangster you know and um so we we uh that's what made us come to texas because they were out to get us you know the whole time so we come out here and we moved from living in this big city to this little hit, like hick town okay and so when i got here i just married some guy that was like this is eric's daddy and uh you know eric's <laughs> daddy he uh he he was like in this band and he um he he tried to he like he would dress up like gene simmons his whole band would dress like kiss and so we went to i went to a halloween party i was 18 years old and he was able to get us like free beer you know so that made him cool but this dude was like 26 years old okay but um he like was all dressed like jeans and he's like hey you want to go out and i'm like okay and the next day he shows up dressed like a cowboy with like tight ass pants and like a cowboy hat and his big ass belt buckle and dressed like garth brooks or something and i was like hey halloween was yesterday and he's like i always dress like this and i was like oh snap i'm gonna have to go out with this guy like this but uh the thing is you know i i my mom had married this guy who was like a total dickhead you know he's a nuclear engineer and and he was um, racist, you know, because we're like, you know, my kids, my, my, I had a baby that was Mexican and white, you know, so the mix, you know, you probably see Eric, he's, you know, should I tell him that you're Mexican? Yeah, okay. people know Mexican. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, just so you know, okay. So we're the mixed family, okay? So uh, I'd just rather be with this guy because this town was like, you know, all these hicks. So then, sorry if there's any hicks on here listening. <laughs> but um <laughs> they're all fuck you on my hick no I'm no but um well anyways uh to get out of, of living with nana and, and that guy you know i went me and we got our own apartment our own place and then i freaking got pregnant on with chicken pox by your dad okay so then um he helped you know raise tony or oh, sorry can i say tony your brother so anyways <laughs> yeah. um yeah okay just so i'm sorry guys i don't want to like you know Dox. weirdos out there yeah. dox us and shit okay but i'm not gonna tell our last name okay so you won't know that um our last name is jensen okay <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so anyways uh me and T eric's dad did not last very long okay like five years and uh i ended up you know because I, I i got married as like a child i was 18 years old you know so I finally got the chance to live life and go clubbing and do stuff. And um, that's where all the crazy stuff started happening, okay? So I, I did go have some fun times, but then I was a mature mom and raised Eric and the boys and, you know, and worked my ass off. And then, so like 10 years ago, I, I was getting on Facebook about, or maybe 12 years ago, okay? I was on Facebook and I was connecting with all my high school friends from San Diego. And they just made me, it sounded too good to be true. So I was like, I'm going back to San Diego, you know. So I go back to San Diego and then I meet up with all my crazy ass friends. And they were going to Vegas, we're going to Hollywood and, you know, Big Bear and all these crazy ass places. Well, there, you know, this is where for all you guys that think when you get on these little dating sites and you get on social media and everybody's like inboxing you, sliding into your DM, you know, like, what's up, baby doll, you know, kind of thing. Okay. At the time, I, I loved the attention. So, you know, there would be, like, these guys on there. And I just didn't realize it, okay? And I ended up getting kidnapped, okay, when I went back to San Diego. So there was this guy, and he was way older, and he was just all nice. And he had the same friends as me. And he tricked me into coming to Texas so I could see my family because my boys were still over here. And I flew out, and I went to Andrews in the middle of Bonefuck, Texas, like, way over by, um, you know... I don't know, it was that Odessa, Midland area? And it smelled like fart over there, too. It's disgusting. But anyways, this guy, imagine this. He flies me in, and we're drinking. And he loved, because I used to post food on Facebook. And he's like, please cook your famous meatloaf. So, anyways, I cooked, and we drank. And I went to sleep in his guest room. And I woke up to this fucking guy sniffing my hair. And I was like, oh, shit. And I so I pretended like I was sleepwalking to the bathroom. And my phone didn't work. The internet didn't work because he was like in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, oh, snap. You know, I, try, I, don't, I could tell no one that, you know, what this guy is about. 
And he's like, come on, baby, come on. And he was trying to, like, talk to me through the door. So I slept, I sleepwalked to the, um, pretend, like, kind of like, like you walk like Frankenstein. I'm like, oh, you know, and I go and I lay on the couch and I pretend like I'm falling asleep. And he's like, come to my bed, come to my bed. And I'm like, no, no. Well, the next day he felt stupid. Well, for the next couple of days, he was trying to do that. Like, every time I go to sleep, he would try to, like, be, like, a, you know, a pervert. And he was telling me, and finally I was like, hey, I, I need to contact my family. They're worried. They don't know where I'm at. And, and he wouldn't give me the password to his internet. Well, finally, I had to play the game and kind of, like, make him think, like, I, you know, made, like, kept cooking and just everything. And he's like, you're going to live here. And he was trying to tell me I was gonna, he was going to marry me there. And I'm like, no. And, and then, and you know, the thing about it is he lived somewhere where it was, like, hot as fuck. It was, like, 110. And I had uh, shoes from... Uh, old navy those cheap three dollar um flip-flops you know i just brought him on my trip because i didn't think i was gonna have to get dressed up because he lived in the middle of nowhere and i couldn't leave his house because my flip-flops would have melted to the ground to get out of there he lived like in the middle of nowhere and he was buddies with all the sheriffs just like those movies like you see where the sheriffs are in on it and stuff well um his son had his, his oldest son was 19 and he was drunk and he was driving with this little 12 year old and he killed his son so the brother killed his brother and so that's the reason why i was there because he wanted me to set up a website so that i he played on my emotions you know that's why i went there all willingly like oh this poor guy lost his son and and you know and so that's why i was there in the first place if anyone says well why would you go with the stranger you know and the thing is he didn't buy me a round ticket he bought me a one-way ticket so he had plans to keep me there. And so finally, I, you know, I was like telling him I want to leave. He's like, no, you're going to marry me. You're going to stay here. You're not going nowhere. And I was I was getting scared. And then my mom, I was trying to contact her. Finally, he trusted me to get on the website to create his website. But I snuck and, you know, messaged Nana. And I was like, mom, this guy's trying to freaking keep me in, you know. And, and he says I'm not going nowhere. She's like, well, does he have a house? Does he have a job? I'm like, yeah. Well, then what's the fucking problem? I go, this guy's a psycho. I go, he's sniffing my hair and he, he tried to like, you know, like, you know, jump on me. And and thank goodness I was a big mama. I was able to body slam him like a wrestler. I was like, you know, like through him. And, uh, and he was all scared and stuff. So anyways, I was able to manipulate this guy and make him think that if he took me to meet up with my mother, that we were going to have this big party, an engagement party. I mean, this is how much I had to play the game. And this guy believed everything. And so he drove me to Nana and Papa in Sweetwater, Texas. And then he's like, I'll be there this weekend. I have a job. And so once we got there, I heard him blocked his ass, you know, and everything. And so, but so that's one crazy story. So, but let me tell you another one. So whenever I got back to San Diego, I went clubbing with the girls and I wanted taco shop, you know, how taco shop, the Mexican food is so freaking good in San Diego. So I'm buzzing, I'm at this club and... I said, whoever will buy me taco shop? And this guy's like, I'll buy it for you. And this guy was like this fine-ass guy that used to be in my high school way back in the day. So he's on my Facebook, and he, and I thought, and all the girls were like, yeah, that guy's fine. So when he came to pick me up, he said that he was sober. He didn't drink at all. And, and you didn't know much about him. We just saw on Facebook like he was a soccer dad, you know, kind of thing. So I thought, oh, this guy could be a good guy. So I took off with him, and because of being drunk, this is a thing for all of you guys, you know, pay attention uh, to all the ladies. Like, I, I was playing on my phone. My phone was starting to die. He took me to his house, and he lived in his house. It was like a little mini mansion, and it was gated, so I couldn't get out. So, But I wasn't thinking that at the time. I was thinking, like, man, this guy's got it going on. We get inside, and he, I said, are we going to still go eat taco shop? Because, you know, when you're buzzing, you got kind of like the munchies. So we get inside, and this guy turned out to be a fucking weirdo, okay? He, um had turned on his computer to Miranda Lambert, that country singer, and he was singing it to me. And then he went in his big movie room and he turned on a porno with this disgusting old white guy with this white lady, like, you know, giving head. And he's like, come over here, suck this cock. And I'm like, I ain't sucking shit. And then he was like grabbing me, like scared me. Like he was squeezing my wrist and, 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 and I'm like, I just want to go home because you're not going nowhere. And he just let me know I was staying there. I was not going nowhere. And this went on for hours. Like him just like, I never did nothing. Okay. I could tell you straight up, you know, but he, uh, ended up going to his room and going to bed 
and I could hear him snoring, and then my phone was dying. And back in the day, like uh, 11 years ago, Facebook used to be when you'd be on the messenger, you could hit it, and it would show a map of where you're at. It don't do that now. So my friends, I'm telling him, and they go, well, that guy's gorgeous. What's your problem? I go, he he says I'm not going nowhere. He's like a psycho. He's like, he was trying to make me do some weird stuff. And so then the girls got all scared for me, and then my phone died. And so I had to go explore his house while he's sleeping, and he had a game room with all these dead animals, like, hanging on his walls and everywhere. And it said that he was, like, one of those, like, um, like Navy or those Rangers or one of those mercenary kind of things. He had, like, all the wards. And then I was like, holy fuck, you know. I, I was starting to get scared, you know, very, very bad. And I couldn't get out of his house. He had me, like, locked in there. And then finally I went through his kitchen, and on the side I found a key to get out the little gate. And when I went to the wall, and like I told you, I'm a big girl, trying to get out, and I couldn't get over that wall. And I was climbing vines and, like, everything, and I was trying to use my shoe, and I got up, and I climbed over it. But when I fell, my knee popped out. And I was all crawling to freaking 7-Eleven to meet up with my friends. And she brought her son that's, like, a 23-year-old, and he's, like, crazy, and he had this big old knife. And he, like, went to that guy's house and jumped over the wall and went and banged on his door. But I was trying to, I tried to tell him before he even did that. I go, that guy's a mercenary. He'll fucking kill your ass. But this guy didn't care. He was like, he goes over there. But that guy didn't want no problems. So he just said, she's gone. She's gone, you know. And so that was the end of that. And I blocked him. But I'm just giving you guys these stories to let you know, like, stupidity. When you're drinking and you're dumb and you're online and people are flirting with you. I mean, it could happen to anybody, okay? And... And I and it happened to me. Like it ain't gonna happen ever again, you know, because I'm not playing that. But, um, and then I can tell you another time in San Diego when I was 17. I'm gonna tell you another story. Okay. Yeah. This other dude I trusted, and he was end up being a big time drug dealer. Okay. And I didn't know that because I was 17. I was working at Wendy's, and he he uh, took me to a hotel and would let me go, and he had a gun in my head. And he took me to Mexico and used me as his, like, um, cover as he was doing his stuff. And I didn't realize this at the time because I'm naive. I'm 17 years old. Nana thought I was, like, at Disneyland with the friends. And um, and this guy was big-time drug dealer, okay? He was me messed with the cartel and everything. So he gets me back to the hotel, and, um, and he's like, you're going to marry me. You're going to do all this stuff. You're going to have my baby. And... I'm telling him I have to get back to work. I'm all worried about freaking Wendy's. And he's like, I'm going to blow it up. And I'm like, please don't do that. You know, I'm begging him. So when I got back to Wendy's. He finally let me go home. I'm, I'm trying to my manager. I go, because he's calling there, threatening. I'm like, this dude said he's going to blow up Wendy's. And I think he really will do it. Then he starts sending black roses to my house to, like, to scare me. And then he went and picked my sister up at school, like, when she was, like, in eighth grade, went to her junior high, and she, he had, like, this badass, like, um, convertible, and, of course, Nicole's a dumbass, and she's, like, all bragging everybody, yeah, he's picking me up, and so anyways, um, I had, that's, he was another reason why I wanted to get away from San Diego, so Nana had left her husband, and we went and kind of hid out in a small place, because she hooked up with that, um, you know, nuclear engineer guy, and then that's how we ended up over here. But the whole time I was uh, like, had to hide from everyone. No one knew where I was at. And, you know, even going to school undercover and hiding in a little, like a little place to do my tests. And um, it's very stressful. Okay. And so that's why I was okay with coming here and living in this little hick town, you know, marrying your dad. But I mean, it was hard, you know, like coming from a big city and, you know, having, you know, and then you go move to a little hick town and, um, and try to be like that. And, uh, and then I just had to freaking grow up. You know, one day I, I left your dad and I went to go work at a place, make building explosives for an oil company. And, uh, I mean, I could have killed myself doing that. All these people were blowing off their fingers and everything else. And then eventually, you know, I went to Guadalajara with you and we got down there and, you know, um, I was with that asshole cruise and um, got raped and beat up and, you know, it was a horrible experience and, you know, I was so happy when we finally got back up here and that's what made me leave the small town and go to, you know, finally just go up to Fort Worth and um, get that good job and, you know, just try to raise you guys right and, 
you know, kind of keep away from that. But I had to go through all these stupid experiences, you know, to get where I'm at right now. And I don't know what else I can, you know, what else, boo? Hmm, I'm trying to think. I mean, you've told me a lot of stories I, over the years. I know, I know. There's so much shit. Hey, friends, don't go anywhere. We're just taking a quick sponsored ad break. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. But I'm just trying to, I, you know, again, I don't want your friends to go, God damn, what's wrong with your mother? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, no. I mean, you can and tell then, any story, really. I mean, I yeah. think uh, you kind of okay. went in strong with the beginning. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just want you guys to kind of know that it was crazy like that. But then, okay, so then, you know, going into working at JCPenney, I used to work at a big ass warehouse, okay? And, uh, there was oh oh I can tell you the guy I well I don't know if I should do that because you're my son I dated this I went out with this one guy that had no leg it got shot off yeah damn yeah oh yeah okay and I, in fact I met him with Martina like we went out and the guy had we were fighting over like no you take the guy with the no leg and I'll take that guy and then I don't know so anyway she ended up with that guy with no leg and <laughs> but later on I went to like Jason we had like like it was like a Friday and we went to a drink at some place like in the stockyards and that guy showed up with the other guy with a convertible and they just they just looked like they had it going on I'm young and dumb and I went out and they were like big time like cocaine dealers okay I didn't even know that and we just moved into those one apartments and I woke up and I, you know, you wake up after you drink and, and I had to pee and I was like, oh, and I felt something in the bed, but I wasn't sure. And I, I was like crawling to the back because I felt, I tripped over something and I go, what the hell is that? And I got into the bathroom and I turned on the light and there was a fucking leg, like a prosthetic leg with a sock and a shoe. And I go, oh shit. You know, I was even played with it. I was like, what the... And, and all of a sudden, I heard an alarm go off on a phone, and it was a guy in my... And I was like, oh, my God, it's that guy. And then he goes, hey, sweetie, can you give me my leg? And I was so in shock that I just handed him his leg, and he put his leg back on. And he was like, thanks, you know? And then he's like, I left you something. And he there's a whole pile of cocaine. And I was like, oh, my God. I was all freaking out. There was cocaine in my house. I'm like, ah. You know, I was like having a heart attack. And, uh, um... You know, I was like, oh, and I didn't want to tell that guy because I wouldn't think that I'm like fishy or, you know, whatever. But I was like, oh, get this shit out of my house, you know. But he <laughs> left and everything. And, uh, but that, that was a crazy, that was a crazy time. And then, uh, let me see what else. I mean, I have a lot of stories, but because you're my son, I'm like, I don't know, do I tell you? No, <laughs> but, um, well, I'd say that hearing about you getting, you know, raped and stabbed, that probably. I don't know what worse yeah. it can get from there. So Yeah, it was really bad, you know, but that's what I wanna for the women listening. It's just men they, they sometimes can say certain things and, and yeah, but seriously, I have been stabbed straight up. I was fifteen. Um and then I have been shot at and then back in the day when I first and I had a freaking seventy four pinto, okay, trying to outrun uh, uh these guys chasing us and shooting at us. And my freaking Pinto, basically, the engine exploded, chasing, you know, running from them and stuff. It's crazy. We were, like, jumping things and, you know, like, like Dukes of Hazard and stuff. Just trying to get away from them. And I fucked up the whole undercarriage of my car. My stepdad was like, what in the hell? You know, because he's like, I'm trusting you, you know. But, um, 
That's why I'm so boring now. I'm an old lady now. I'm almost 50 and I'm just not, you know, trying to join in all the craziness. Because, you know, um, I, you know, like when I was like, I think all the crazy stuff always happened when I was a cruise, you know, like even like how I left him in Vegas and he brought that lady and then she ended up robbing him. And, you know, just I think of all the craziness that time, you know, cause I was what like happened? Marian. That sounds like an interesting story. What happened there? That one's crazy. OK, so when I first went to uh, California, I was only there a couple months and he was trying to like, baby, baby, I miss you. And, uh, you know, I finally you had gone back to Texas. So I went and lived with grandma. But grandma and Shirley, you know, that's a nightmare to live with. And so. I, I just got, and I knew, you know, I'd gotten all that money back from JCPenney from working all those years. So I was like, oh, okay, I got money. Man, I can just go back to, you know, Texas and go buy a house. And of course, you know, Cruz, because he knew I had money, he's like, I'll marry you. And so I flew him out to California and we went up to LA to, you know, see all his family. And I saw my family, Maria and everybody. And then we even went up to like, um, you know, traveled to all of California. I mean, we went to like the, the, you know, Sequoia National Park and just did a lot of stuff. But, you know, him, he was obsessed with weed. So um, every everywhere we went, he just wanted his weed. And we're in L.A. and his family uh, lived over there by that Randy's Donuts. Have you ever seen that in the movies? And, you know, Inglewood. And uh, it, was just, it was just a nightmare staying there. And I couldn't wait to get out of there. And then he was like, well, let's go to Vegas, baby. We'll get married. And so... We, we make it, and, and it's funny because somebody had given him a, they're like, this is a wedding gift. They go and give him a bunch of weed, and we're on the 15, almost to Vegas, and I tried to tell him that Nevada, they're very strict about weed. Like, they will put you in prison and wear you, make, make you wear pink, um, you know, like, uniform in the prison, and, and oh my god, they're going to search the car, and he's all freaking out. And it was funny because he was throwing the weed weed out the window. It was literally just flying out the window, like a whole box of weed, okay, that someone gave him. And uh, so anyways, we and when we get there, it's just the lights of Vegas. And he's like, you don't, he was like, I'll piss. Well, at the time, he was a general manager of a, a hotel chain, so he could get us in for free, like stay in a room. So we go and we get in a room and we both start, you know, we, I, we had, we went down to the um, strip and we went to a, like a couple places and got our buzz on. But this dumbass wanted weed so bad that this, these prostitutes and this guy I could tell was their pimp. He, I kept winning and they'd give you those coupons from the machines and he'd be like, I'm going to go cash them in for you. But he was keeping it and buying them drinks. And he had the nerve because I went to go to the bathroom and one of those prostitutes went in the bathroom and they're like, hey. Um, your boyfriend's just took off with, um, you know, like basically like our pimp. And I go, what? And I'm like pulling my pants up. I go, what? He's leaving me here. And I go running out there to the strip. And he's like, hey, they got I go, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to leave me right here on the strip. I'm a, a woman. It's late at night. And you're, just because you're obsessed with weed. I go, you fucking asshole. And so he, um, he didn't care. He just kept on going. So I had to go get a, a cab and get back to the hotel and then it was the most ridiculous thing with me, okay? Like, if you've ever seen it, um, we had, I had a bunch of Victoria's Secret, like, um, bath stuff. And we had this big-ass jacuzzi tub. It was like this badass little hotel room. Well, I decided, I'm going to take a hot bath. And I go and pour a whole thing of love spell in there and turn on the water. And just like in, you see in the movies where all the bubbles are coming out of the bathroom, it was like that. It was just like that. All these bubbles were coming out of the door into the room. It was everywhere. And I was trying to pop them. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, it was like chaotic. It reminded me of like an I Love Lucy episode. And uh, and then I, I was so, I was, because I had drank some margaritas. So, and I'm, I'm just pissed at him, everything. I went and got his luggage and I dumped all the clothes on. I was trying to pop those bubbles and all the water coming out of the bathtub. And then um, he ended up showing up that night, like at 4 a.m., and, and he was all messed up. And he said that uh, those people had robbed him. And, you know, and he went to sleep. And I remember just punching him in the stomach. I'm like, you asshole, you know. Well, and I woke up. He was taking a bath, okay. And he was like, I'll leave the bath water for you. I'm not going to take a bath in your dirty ass bath water. And he's like, we're getting, and he's singing the song, we're getting married today. I go, we ain't doing nothing. I go, I'm going back to California. And he was like, oh, queer tripping, baby. We're going back to Texas. We're going to have a life. And you know what he did? He went and got dressed up and left the room for me. 
and he come back with this like gangster girl and uh i guess she sells weed and i'm like and knowing i had like all this money on me he's letting her in our hotel room and he's telling me he's gonna go on a venture with her to go this and that I, are you crazy i go you you trusted this woman to come in our room all the stuff she could and then uh i ended up grabbing my shit and getting out of there and going running to my vehicle to leave him and he was chasing me i was like getting on the the elevator i was hauling ass and i almost ran him over i like got out of there and come to find out that chick ended up robbing him that day too like he just he got robbed two times in a row and uh i went down to like some uh gas station i got on facebook telling everybody and my friend he was a chef at caesar's palace and he's like, let's meet at this one place. And uh, he knew friends that owned like this one restaurant. We went and had lunch. He got me free tires because I had a flat. He's like, you can't go anywhere with your tire like that. And then he talked me into going back to California. And that's what happened. I ended up leaving Cruz there and took Cruz three days to get back to Texas. And then I went back to, uh, you know, California. And come to find out, Cruz secretly had a maid pregnant this whole time. And he wasn't going to tell me. He was going to have me get married. And then tell me once we got to Texas. So he's a freaking scumbag, you know? Dang, that's... And, then, and Yeah, what a dick, huh? And then, you know, on the, the roof of the... if You remember we had that thing that zipped? Or I don't know if you remember. It, it was like on the top of our, our car. Maybe you didn't see, I don't know, on our blazer. It had all my shit in it. So when I was on the 15, the wind and just driving really fast on the 15, it opened and all my stuff flew out of the the top of the, you know, one of those like those overcarriages that goes on top of the. Yeah, blazer. it's like a carriage. So I, yeah. I, I lost everything. OK, but I did have seven grand on me, like I said, because of a JCPenney, you know, just some money they sent me. And so when I got to Maria's in San Bernardino, um, I just went and replaced it all, got me like a really good job right there and just stayed put for a bit, you know. And I was just like, but then this is my dumbass is I was going on those little dating sites and meeting, you know, weird guys and oh my god, just the weird, the weirdest stuff ever, you know, the people I was coming in contact with and um but the jobs I had, oh my god, I, I was I was doing all these like different side jobs and gigs that you get off of Craigslist and uh um, you know, I mean, I had a good time, I can tell you that, but my friends, they they were driving up there, and we were taken off to Vegas, and my friends have the hookup, so when we went to Vegas, they would get penthouses for us, and we stayed at um, Planet Hollywood, we stay in the, the, the most fanciest penthouse there is, and we'd meet, like, football players, and hockey players, and um, people that, like, rappers, like, you know, like, Waka Flocka, those kind of people, you know, like, those kind of singers back in the day. And uh, go to the club and um, but uh, and it's crazy because my friends were all sexy and skinny and perfect, but because I'm a, like funny and jokative, those those people we would be hanging out in their cabanas at the pool, and because I'm funny, they they would get me drunk and get me fruit, and we're watching like a Lakers game and just hanging out. And I'm hanging out with these like famous people, but instead of the girls that are all pretty, and my friends are all in their bikinis because they're just so shallow, you know, the way their minds are these guys are like you're funny as fuck you know and we just sit there and talk you know that's where you get it baby no. and then uh but it was it was fun you know and in vegas you know that's where we met like i tell you i met courtney kardashian and scott and she don't wash her hands when she goes to the bathroom not sure but um and then uh we just you know met carrot top and um just a lot of different little stars there and then uh went to hollywood in which you got to go to hollywood this that one time remember we like cruising the tour bus and that was crazy huh when that <laughs> i flipped out of the damn tour bus we're like way up on that hill yeah like trying to get out like oh you know but uh you know one time we uh we took sierra up there on one of those hollywood tours she like you know was living in san diego like uh oh because jennifer uh, we took her to, well, I know a lot of these people probably don't even know these things, so I'm pro I guess I won't share those, the stories of those parks, but, um, <laughs> so what else, honey? I, I just think of so many crazy stories, that's why my mind just, like, I don't know. Yeah, racing. Uh, yeah. It's racing. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, stories, too, that, you know, 
I don't know. I Whatever. mean, a lot of it happened when I was a kid too, so it's kind of hard for me to remember. Um, oh yeah, when when you're a kid, living with Ray, you have all Ray series. Yeah, but he wasn't Ray. really a monster though. He was more of just an idiot. Um, yeah, he was an idiot, you know. But um, monster wise, like oh yeah, and that's what the whole thing about your show is—the monster part of it all, and and um. You know, and that's the part that I, I kept getting myself um, hanging out with the wrong men and people and being in these little, you know, things like, you know, even with Candy, you know, he was dating that psycho bitch. And then with me and then she came and, you know, stabbed all my tires and she snuck into my studio and stole my manager's card. And, and you know, you know how invaded I felt like. This bitch was in my home, and you know that little studio we had. She was able to get in, steal my my you know the business card to, uh, you know I worked for that one company, and uh, so scary, you know. And uh, see all my tires just sliced, and I'm like, oh my god, she knows where I live, you know. And uh, and then you know I dated this guy that was like a manager of this big time club in San Diego. And I went to his apartment, and he had like 35 driver's license of just women all over his counter you know how creepy that was i was like oh my god you know and i met him on like a dating site and uh you know just so creepy and you know when i was growing when i was a teenager my aunt brenda dated um, a serial killer and he was on fbi's most wanted and we were hanging out like 2 a.m in, in my bedroom and everybody's asleep in the house and that guy came and he sliced our window open with a knife and he put his hand through to, you know, get into my room. And we were so scared that we were just banging on the door. Like, you see in a scary movie, you see the dumb bitch that doesn't just run. You're like, run, bitch. We're like just banging on the door like, help, you know, uh, instead of just opening the, not, you know, the door and going out. And so when what happened is we just, by the time we got to the living room, this bravery just overtook us. We're like, fuck him. And that night, people were drinking some beers, and the my uncle and my cousin, and they had those German beers, so the bottle's real thick. We grabbed the bottle, and we opened the front door, and that guy was still standing there. And, you know, like the hose spout, we, we tried to break the bottle because we were going to gut him. We were just like, fuck this guy, because he scared us. And we couldn't, so all I could think of is to throw it at his head. And it was so funny, it just like, thunk, and like hit him in the head. And the guy got so scared because we're like, get him! And he just started running for his life. And me and my aunt scattered car keys. And we're in this truck just chasing him. And she's trying to run him over and drive on the, the drive, you know, on the sidewalk. And he ended up ditching us in a canyon. But then for the whole week, he was trying to fuck with us. Like, get in the backyard, you know. And we even tried to put powder on the ground. We were trying to, like, booby trap things. We even went and got my uncle's pit bull and put it in the backyard, you know, so I could bite him. Well, eventually, one night, you know... We got comfortable a couple of months later and he broke into the house and I'm in my room and nobody's barely there. It's just grandma Parker and me and my cousin Tisha. Everybody was gone that night and he got in the house and I was in the family room and I was hiding on the side of that sectional couch and I could see him through the TV and I could see a silhouette and he was looking at uh, Tisha trying to shake her to see if she'd wake up. And then that's where we just, I shook her leg cause I was like hiding on the side and then she woke up and she screamed and that guy went out the back door and then the pit bull was all trying to get him and he jumped over the fence but uh we ended up seeing on the uh post office he was the most wanted like on fbi's thing that he had done like killing different women throughout the country so the guy came and interviewed me and brenda my aunt and we had to tell him you know different things and then they ended up i get catching the guy but it was just crazy, you know, because I was only 14 at the time when all this was happening. So Jesus. I've just been through a lot of trauma, yeah. I feel like a lot of these stories I haven't heard, too. This is, uh... Yeah, that, yeah. that one was crazy, yeah. And, you know, Nana, the same thing. When she was young, we lived, we had Grandma's house and the house in the back, and she worked in bars. And these fucking crazy-ass guys would follow her, because she was beautiful, you know, she was a model and plus a bartender and they this guy came and he 
she put she was sitting there reading a book at 2 a.m and i was staying the night and i was in the bedroom and she just saw his dirty ass hand come through the window and she just like oh shit you know and my aunt and her boyfriend were in the bedroom and so they got out and they just started chasing this guy through claremont you know right there by the um the stores that you went to used to go to right there yeah and uh yeah and then the cops came but uh like that happened to Nana constantly, like weirdos chasing her and following her, and uh, it was real scary. So that's why she ended up with Dwayne, that guy that you always talk about, because you know, fuck, it was putting all our lives in danger. They were trying to break in our apartment and everything else. So um, that's just, you know, and and you know, with you guys, I always wanted to keep you guys protected. That's why I, I really didn't like bringing no one home. I didn't want no one to know where we lived and. That's always felt safe with Ray, you know, because he's just a big... Yeah. Well, I guess can you explain Ray for some context for people listening? Okay. So, back, um, you know, when I got the divorce and I got rid of fucking crazy-ass crews and uh, I needed the kids to be taken care of. Eric was always self-sufficient. Even three years old, the kid could freaking cook and microwave stuff and clean the house and everything. But Ray, he, you know, he he was an orphan. Hey friends, sorry to interrupt, but we need to take one last little sponsored ad break and we'll be right back for another crazy story. Um, at six months, had him and went back to the border. And so he was just like, he just always had a shitty ass life, okay? So we let Ray come live with me for free. And all he had to do is drive you guys to school and take care of you. Make sure you're okay. Because I work days, he worked nights. And, uh, well, anyways, Ray was just, like, character in himself, you know? So, Ray had to hook up with some friends that owned some stores. Okay. But, uh, anyways, Ray, uh, you know, a lot of stuff would happen because of him, you know? Like, uh, he would sell our shit to, like, or give it to his family, you know, or pawn our stuff. And the poor boys, you know? That was the only thing I could say. Like, it was funny because my ex-husband... He was like trying to get to Eric. He's like, who is this guy that lives with you? And he's like, does he do drugs? Eric's like, no. Does he drink? No. No. He just eats a lot of tacos because he's like this big ass guy, you know? And it was kind of funny, you know, Eric's little personality back then. But um, he was a good guy to all the boys. But the thing is, he was shady as hell because he was, you know, raised kind of ghetto. But otherwise, um, I just kept him around to keep the, you know, like, so the boy could always just have that comfort zone, you know? And, um, but that's who Ray is, okay? But he just would do crazy stuff. Like, he'd be driving and just fall asleep at the wheel at the red light, and he would just, I don't know, what what stories do you think of Ray? Man, oh, fuck. Yeah, he would just, like, and I think he realized, we noticed he fell asleep at the wheel a lot because he'd play into it, too. I'd be like, Ray, Ray, he's like, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, I'm playing. I'm like, no, motherfucker, you were snoring and everything, you know, at the red light. And he's like narcoleptic, like Mr. Bean from Rat Race. He was like that. He was like, <laughs> yeah, he just damn, falls asleep. You know? And yeah. I, I, just so many times, I mean, I remember the first time, and this is kind of like a funny horror story, but you had mentioned the Trailblazer. But before that, what, what car did you have before the Trailblazer? I can't even remember. Oh, before that, we had that minivan. Yeah. Him. He had that one. He had that one car he got with like rims and the boom. Oh, uh, the Mitsubishi Galant. <laughs> yeah. Like a white Galant. But yeah, I remember you had the minivan, and that was the car I was used to seeing all the time. You picked me up from school, and this is like elementary school, at the time. And uh, you know, you get the Trailblazer, and I had no idea what this car was. You know, I'd never seen it, and it was like Ray and his cousin went to go pick me up. And I didn't know who they were at first. You know, I could only see like the car pulling up and they're like kind of honking at me and they're like waving their hand for me to come to the car. And in my head, I'm like, oh shit, these guys are trying to kidnap me. You know, I was like, oh my God. So like, <laughs> I'm in, and I'm like the last kid there too at the school. No one else is there. I'm just like waiting. And I like book it. I run to like the, the field. I jump the fence and I run all the way through the field to like the other side of the fence and I jump that. And I'm hauling ass back to the house. You know, and we live far. We live like a good mile and a half, two miles away. And, uh, I'm like, fuck, and I ran all the way home. And then I get back to the house, and, you know, like, the trailblazer's there, and, you know, Ray's there and everything. And, and he was like, he was like, man, he's like, I'm trying to pick you up. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I thought somebody was trying to kidnap me. And I was like, would you guys get a new car? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, we got a new car. 
is <laughs> constantly changing cars, you know, and so, oh man. <laughs> I was so scared. I really yeah, hauled ass and I just fucking like booked it. <laughs> I was going through neighborhoods too because I didn't want like this person to track me down through like the the main road that they can pull around. So I was like running through this this field into like this back neighborhood that was there adjacent to like the football field. And, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he just didn't take things so serious, you know, and I'm like, Ray, you know, uh, he's a little naive to things too, you know, and the dangers of everything. Cause when we lived in uh diamond Hill for that little bit, you know, saving up money to go move to the house, he, uh, he made friends with all the cocaine dealers and all those people. And he was rent, he's borrowing their movies and not giving them back. And I'm like, Holy shit, you're, you're making friends with Scarface. Okay. <laughs> this whole neighborhood, everybody's cocaine dealers. And then when we finally moved to Saginaw, that same week we just moved, our whole house was sh machine gunned, shot up, like bad, like nasty, like, and that could have been you kids in that house. Like, thank God we got out and moved out with that week that we did, because uh, me and Ray went by there and it's like all the windows are gone, the all the brick was all you know shot off and yeah, but uh, Jesus, yeah, he just would. Yeah, you know, he, it just, I don't know, I, I think I put a little too much trust in him, that's why I just, now, like, he had the nerve to yesterday say, hey, if I give you gas money, can we go visit Eric? I'm like, no. Like, you're driving nine out, you know, that far with you. Yeah. <laughs> you get us into something. <laughs> you, you, uh, you know, trouble finds you. <laughs> you know, but, um, but monster-wise, you know, people in general that I've come in connection with, it's been a lot of dark people out there. Any, anything that, online, you know, in specific, maybe not a person, uh, IRL, but somebody online. Yeah. Well, you know, I know it just depends on your, your, um, audience and, you know, just this world alone, you know, there's a lot of darkness going on right now, you guys, and you just gotta be real careful. And, uh, and when I say there's people out there that freaking drink blood, they drink blood, and they they steal your kids. They they're in the neighborhoods, or it's you know like that life touch the pictures that we trust all our kids to get their pictures done. I mean, it's been even since I was a little kid. That is like their little um, like kind of like when you go on Amazon and you're looking through like to, what to buy. That's their catalog. These sick, elite perverts use life touch it's all a thing it's a known thing whistleblowers come out and talk about it so like you got all that going on and you got people just being taken left and right and even like in these national parks and things like that and there's a reason why you know so i mean i could go on and on about all that stuff but but the thing is i just know from my own personal past that i i i did get myself in these little situations like that where people wanted to take me i'll tell you one time I was uh, nine years old, and we used to play uh, hide-and-go-seek in apartments. We lived in, like, kind of these little kind of ghetto apartments at the time. And everybody went home, and I was walking to go home. And Nana, at the time, she never really paid attention where we are at. This guy grabbed me and put his hand over my mouth and took me and put me in, in an out, like a dark little alley of the apartments and would not let me go. And this was around nine at night. And he never let me go till like almost midnight. And he held me very tight. He was breathing very hard. He wouldn't let me breathe. He put his hand over my mouth. And I could feel him kind of pressing against me. Like he was like, and I, and finally when he did, like he trusted me, he told me it, that he said he would cut me if I said anything. And when he did, I, I begged him, please, I will not tell nobody. And I knew who he was too. I said, please, please. I go, my mom's going to worry. Um, my sister and, and, and he, but he didn't want to let me go. He held me so tight, you know, and, uh, I, I really think he was going to try to rape me, you know, or, or kill me or something. That's the feeling I felt, you know, he would have done something to me and killed me and he let me go. And then when we, I got back to the house, I didn't, I was too ashamed and too scared to tell Nana. I kept it all to myself, you know? And uh, I was so scared to go outside after that, you know, and I was glad when she got with Dwayne because she ended up getting cancer and leukemia, like within, you know, a couple months of that. And so I just kept hiding in the house and 
pretending I was sick. You know, I just didn't want to leave. That's how scared. And then we started having these young boys trying to break into that apartment. You know, at the time, too, our neighbor's kids, they were trying to break in. And uh, finally, we got out of there. We got with Dwayne. And Dwayne was like our safety, you know, and he got us away from the city. And then we went to Spring Valley. That was more like the country. And, um, but then, you know, all those other things, like I tell you, like the ice cream, like the ice cream man, he was a pervert. There's a lot of perverts in this world, okay? A lot of pedophiles. And they would just, you know, go after us. It was really bad. And, you know, that's why I just always be protective of your kids and, you know, what they do online and where they go when they walk. I mean, it happens that quick. And that's how quick it would happen to me and my sister. They would just try to grab us just walking to a store. Or going you to know, do you have any uh, stories of Nicole that she's ever told you that you can recall? Oh, Nicole, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that would yeah, be interesting. Yeah, you know, fuck, man. My sister, even recently, you know, she was dating this guy. That's who, how she got her own kid. Yeah, my nephew got murdered last year. And all because of who my sister hangs out with and things like that. And got him involved with these really bad people. And she was dating this guy that literally poured gasoline all over her and was gonna set fire to her, who's a heroin addict. And he got, you know, shot up Chance, got Chance into all that. And, uh, but she, uh, the thing is that little shit was going to give our um, code to our garage so they could send these people to come kill me. Just because I was, I was trying to act like a mother to the kid, you know? That's how fucked off her son was. But my sister, she has dated so many crazy weirdos, you know? Like, right now, and I don't know if she's got schizophrenia. She thinks voices in her head, and these people are watching her house, and she's coming over here, like, nonstop telling us all the shit, and, you know, that they're watching her, and, you know, and putting sounds in her house, and all this other stuff, but... I mean, I don't know what I can tell you. There's just so much she's been into. She was, like, the reason why we came to Texas, like... We went to um, a fair. It's called Del Mar Fair in San Diego. And I had Tony and a little, um, you know, walker. He was a little baby at the time. And these women chased us and said, fuck that baby. And they were going to kill us. They, like, said it straight up. And, you know, they've been after Nicole for a long time. And that's why Nana had to come in the middle of the night and come to te uh, California, go get her, and bring her back to Texas. And then come get me a couple months later, you know, without anyone knowing. And, uh, but Nicole's the one who put our lives in danger my whole life. Like, even in high school, you know, we had these L.A. girls that went after us. and Or they would just show up, they'd find out where our house was, or, you know. Yeah, she's just bad news. But, uh, what story should I tell you about her? Yeah, I mean, just some of the, uh, yeah. the... I mean, <laughs> start from the beginning. Like, her own, <laughs> look at her own baby's daddy okay this guy he actually was a you know you know alan he worked his ass off she didn't have to work and he he wanted to get his kids away from the small town goes over to dallas gets into apartment they're finally starting to do good and he's making good money he's a mechanic and nicole played him you know because she was on drugs and she went and brought a dude over there and alan just finally was at his cutting point because he still loved her for some weird reason and he had a gun and he told her, I should shoot you, but I need you to take care of my kids. And she had the nerve to bring this guy there and cook him breakfast in their kitchen. And then Alan handed his wallet over that had like a thousand bucks and his brand new phone. And uh, Nicole took it and got the kids and left him there without calling the cops or anything. And he killed himself like within 20 minutes of her leaving. And... You know, Nicole even tried to say that she saw this flash of light go through the car, like as if his soul went through it, you know. And uh, she came back the next day, and the window had blood all over it. He had, you know, shot his head off inside the bathroom. He tied a sock to his toe, to the gun, and then pulled the trigger, and it shot his head off and broke the window up, or the mirror out. And so she said that he had wrote her a note. Well, the cops were like, we didn't see no note. So she was a suspect for like a year. Like, they thought she did it. And, uh, I still don't know if she did it or not, you know. She just had no emotion, you know. And the kids didn't have no emotion over their father dying. So, uh, 
that's the thing, like, even with us, you know, she just doesn't have no emotion, and those kind of people you guys gotta, you know, keep, even if they're family, you know, keep, keep away from. But, um, right. what else, hun? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, what, what other stories has she told you personally? That's, that's kind of what I meant. <laughs> she ever... Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm all telling you her <laughs> shadiness. I'm like, this much is shady, now. Um, well, you know, just, she, she loves the D, you know, no, but, uh, she would just, you know, do anything for it and get, you know, put into these situations and, uh, you know, I know she's had people try to kill her too before and, but I don't think she's ever been kidnapped or anything, you know, but I, I know that she's always put herself in line with people and, you know, made it where our lives were always in danger so i don't know it's it's, it's with hers it's more like slutty stories you know like, so i don't think your audience want to hear oh yeah r-rated <laughs> you know content no that's the thing you definitely won't want to interview her no. <laughs> yeah i remember when i mentioned yeah. the show to her and she's like oh i'd love to be on your show I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is not a porno show i'm good no no i'm yeah. good yeah but uh yeah, I don't know, but when it comes to, uh, you know, meeting really nasty people, you know, I, I have. I've come in contact with a lot of them, and it's it's traumatizing, you know, trying to get over that feeling, you know. And sometimes even waking up, and they're right there, or they're trying to break in, or find you at work, or, you know, stalk you, and, uh know their intentions aren't good so but i always wanted to make sure you boys were protected you know and none of that came to you guys i don't want you guys to ever have that ptsd like i do and now you kind of see why i am the way i am you know so. yeah well uh, what about um some of the work stories you have i know you've, you've told me over the years some of these work stories like some of the jobs you had in between like when you moved to california and you were doing these like side jobs and little gigs Anything oh, ever happened yeah. happened during those, or any any crazy coworkers or managers, or <laughs> you know, just I don't think we ever had anyone that um, monster-wise, or I'm trying to think of anyone that tried to hurt anyone. You know, you got your your vicious people, but it's just p pretty much your you know th those kind of stories. You know, that just so low vibe and price, you know nothing really to brag about this you know you everybody's probably been around a bunch of shitty ass people all right well i usually like to end these by and you've kind of given advice during the podcast so what advice would you yeah. would you give to you know let's say uh, a young a younger person that's listening or even someone you know any age really that you know let's say they haven't had a lot of real life experiences and you seem to have a lot of them. So what's something you would yeah. tell someone in, in a similar footsteps that might be listening? You know, like everything today is social media and people can catfish the shit out of you. They can make a fake profile, fake name. They can design their whole life to sound too good to be true. Okay. And you get on there and, you know, say you're looking for love, okay? Or you're just looking for friendship, and they slide into your DM. You're, you know, you're on a lot of these live shows. You're all comedying. You start to feel like, wow, this is my friend. I know, oh, you know, and, and you'll see him on it. And that's what happens. And then you begin to trust them. Then you start to, you know, even tell them more things about yourself. Oh, I live here, here. Oh, here's my real picture. And, and that's the thing is you just got to be careful about that kind of stuff because the intention of people there, there's professionals out there there's people literally online right now trying to um, get to know everything about your life so they can take over your life or kidnap you take you and um, women and it's men too you know that's right man you, you know guys are just as much as a victim and, uh, and it can happen to any of us and it can happen in your workplace can happen on your you know on these social media these little fun game you're gaming with somebody so just you know just be careful don't don't take everything as like a joking thing and uh a lot of um because i i've seen it i i i'm gonna be straight up i yeah my dumbass sell victim for it a couple you know many times and you know just 
I, I, what I've learned now, look at me, I'm very secluded now. I don't trust shit, you know, so, um, I just don't want to see anything happen to, you know, all you nice people out there. And, but there are a lot of fun people, like, you know, too, you know, and, and it is a great, it is a good way to meet friends, too, so. I don't want to, like, sway you away from it, but just be, look more into it. Like, you could tell through people's, um, you know, wording and things like that, too. And if they're just trying to catch you and find out where you live. And if I were you, I would just never, don't put your real name out there, you know, if you if you can. Or, or just don't put your, you know, I don't know, just be a little, be a little bit more wise and careful, you know. Because I, I was a dumbass. Back in the day, I used to have, like, the Facebook where I'd be like, Hey, everybody, I'm at the the party. You know, I would say exactly where I was at, what I was eating, who I was with, tagging people. And these these people would show up and be like, Hey! And like, Oh, what trip out? You're here. But you know what it was? Is they're following you, you know? And if you're that interesting, they're going to show up, you know? So, just one give you guys heads up like that you know yeah i guess it's part of the reason why i don't uh i don't give a lot of personal details online you know i tell people kind of like hey i'm going to dallas but i don't ever say exactly where you know pretty yeah. pretty vague or if i do post hunting like where i'm at it's usually a day later so someone can't yeah. show up to where i'm at and be like oh you know yeah but, at that uh, very moment and it has happened to me where they just right there like when we used to go to that cali comfort you know, back in San Diego, and they, they was like, holy shit, I was just, I just posted I was here, and these people are walking through the door, and they're coming to my table, they're waiting for me in the parking lot, you know, and things like that, and, and they would just get this, well, you were really nice to me online, you made me laugh, you know, and then that's where they, 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 it's like in their little world, they think there's something between us, because of being online. And I'm like, no, that's online, dude. You know, or her, or even chicks. You know, they they get this weird uh, delusion. You know, and and that's happened to me a lot. Yeah, know? ever since I kind of like gained, you know, social media popularity. You know, uh, being online famous, it's uh, yeah. you know I've had my fair share of like weirdos message me, and you know people, yeah. you know, and, and I have fans that I talk with, and and some that I consider friends, but. You know, there's a good amount that I've never talked to. And I, I see people like myself all the time, which is cool. But when you take it that next step where you're like, hey, you know, I know you live here and, you know, I, I'll be in this area or if you ever or I had somebody once message me and I guess it wasn't so weird, but they just realized who I was and they didn't they were just kind of like nervous to say anything. But that's OK. You know, they were just like, hey, I thought she, I saw you here. You know, I saw you. You went to the gym that I go to and uh I, you know, just wanted to say hi. Uh, and those times I'm, I'm pretty cool with it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Just come by, say hi. But when you take it to the next step and it's like, hey, I saw you at Walmart and I followed you around and, you know, and like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like, you know, with me, you know, I, I'm pretty big on the social media with, you know, what I do, my friends. And I go in the conference and then being around like 1,200 people that knew who I was wanted to know where my hotel room was, where I was at, following me everywhere. And they, they even went to the conference just because of me. And it, it, it made me a freaking nervous fucking wreck, okay? Because I didn't feel free. I didn't feel like I could walk around because everywhere I go, they would even find I was in the public bathroom and, you know, or I was at that, re oh, she's at that restaurant. And they're right there, you know, and like, can we sit with you? And, you know, and but it would just, they got real clingy and weird. And I had this fucking weird guy at this conference I was at we're at a fire and um he was into some black magic shit okay and he had this like indian drum rattle thing and i i knew from online because i said man that, that guy's pretty dark and all of a sudden he looked at me and he started shaking this rattle and like looked like he was mimicking the same words out of his mouth and i shit you not my chest and i'm not even into all that crap it started getting this sharp pain and i told the girls like oh my god i think this guy's fucking doing some hex on me or something i go what is going on here and it was so creepy i was so scared <laughs> you know and so it made me not want to go outside and be around the fire pit and be around everybody and you know just because of that one dude and he was everywhere i looked you know and he's a big name like he hangs out with a an ex-president's uh granddaughter you know and uh so and that's that's freaky 
you know, and she trusts him. And we tried to warn her, the sky is dark, you know, and she's, you don't care. So, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. But yeah, that, that went on just, you know, months back. So, uh, but yeah, this has been a good, good show, son. Appreciate this. No problem. Yeah, it's been, Doing it's been fun getting on here and hearing some crazy ass stories and some funny ones. I feel like I went too fast, but I, I feel like I'm, you know, but. Nah, you're good. You know, it yeah, would, it's it all right. It would take a lifetime to go start one. When I was five years old, you know, and then yeah. go through the whole, yeah, but, you know, being with Nana, she did have a lot of psychos, and then her own son, you know, got kidnapped when he was three from his own dad, and, you know, we had to go through, you know, that trauma, and then, you know, her giving us up, and then, and I think that's what happens is, people saw that we didn't have a mom we didn't have a dad and we're i'm just with the grandma and even school people would try to take advantage of us you know and and that's how it goes down they they that's what they look for they try to see just you know you're not a strong person which you're a strong person you're a good daddy you're a married man you know so you know but there's weak people out there that you know and just don't show your weakness online too you know, even if you know your life, your life's full of shit. Just don't, because people get off on it. You know, it's it's really weird like that. So, they may pretend to like you a lot, and then they they want to see. You know, so, just that's uh, these are all my little warnings for you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good good advice. So. Mama Jensen, okay. <laughs> Mama uh, Jensen. Earlier I was streaming, and <laughs> yeah, well, I go by Eric on the, on the show here, but everyone knows me by Jensen yeah. as my other alias. So, just funny yeah. though. But uh, yeah, that's just it's crazy. So yeah, but earlier I was streaming with my daughter, and people people were like, "Little Jensen." I asked why. I was like, "If you did YouTube, what'd you call yourself?" She's like, mm, "Yeah, probably Little Jensen." <laughs> I'm Grandma funny. Jensen. No, too funny. That's funny. That's yeah. Funny as fuck. It'd be funny if you did because you're such a great animator you do that like you do the family and Jensen family like we're all like you know like I look like the older version the young or you know make mine like a little chunky one or yeah it's kind of funny yeah it's funny all right guys yeah. well I hope you guys enjoy the show here this is uh this episode should be out if you're watching this episode it's debuting the 31st of December here just before the new year so happy new year's to everybody and yeah, happy uh happy new year 2024 is going down okay everything life is gonna change soon okay what i know i might make my own podcast myself and tell you what's going down okay? it's going down guys <laughs> okay all i right. love you love you mom all right bye guys okay bye-bye i just want to say thanks again for listening everybody if you've been to this far then i'm sure you'd love to know where you can find more content for more scary podcasts like this and a link to our Discord, where you can reach out to be interviewed on this show, please go to eeriecast.com. Thanks again.